Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the act out from open mic to the big stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. Today I have a very special guest. This guy is so prolific. (laughs) He does so much stuff, starting with acting, moving to poetry, then comedy, then production, and then just TV, everything. You've done everything. So that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did your homework. I'm yeah, dude. I'm telling you, it's crazy. So we are here with Comedian Q. How are you, sir? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How you doing, dude? I am excellent. I'm so happy for you to be here because I know you've got stories, and Appreciate that's what it's all about, dude. Like these, Your journey has been absolutely insane, and that's what we want to kind of talk about. How long have you been doing comedy now? Comedy stand-up now about 15 years now. 15 Going on 16. Years? This might be year 16, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's thanks. awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. First of all, where are you from? Originally from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Downtown. Yeah, yeah. Moved moved to Texas a year after high school. Well, actually, I take that back. I came down here for my freshman year of high school. My dad lived here. I was like, come on down to Texas, check it out. I was like, all right. We came down here, me and my brother, and didn't like it at all, man. We stayed, we went to. <laughs> it was so different, man, from the south side of Chicago. It, I left the south side of Chicago and moved to a city called Siegelville, Texas. Country, just, you know, horses, cows. Oh, man. Totally different from what I grew up in. We did it for a year, and I was like, nah, I need to go back home. <laughs> went back Went back home. And then it wasn't nothing enough for me to do there. I couldn't get a job. It was just, you know, it was just crazy. So we came back, and I've been here ever since. Very nice. Since after, like a year after high school. So well, how long have you been here? 20-something years? 28 years. This is my 29th year. Wow. If I do the math, yeah. I think it's about 29 years. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, so I've been here longer than I was in Chicago, actually. So what were you like as a kid? Were you the funny kid? Were you? No, that's crazy, dude. I was never. No, because we were too broke <laughs> for me to, <laughs> to bring any extra attention on to me. It was nothing like that. I was real shy, real mellow, kind of cool quiet but never was like the funny never was the funny kid and i talk about that often because i don't know how i got into this comedy thing but it, it i guess it came it came and found me man i don't know man i never was my brother and my cousins them they were a lot funnier but it's just i don't know i don't know i don't know where it came from dude that's so weird because when you watch you you have so much energy first of all you're mm-hmm. hilarious okay? Thank you, man. Yeah, your yeah, jokes yeah. are killer like down the line like I, when you watch anything you've done and i've seen you mm-hmm. perform in person too okay like your energy in the room you own the room i'm like any comedian I've really ever seen. I like, try. it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you walk on stage and your comfort level of your personality mm-hmm. is just through the roof. And wow, thank you, it, it's crazy. But I've, I've seen you just destroy rooms. Like, people just falling out of chairs, dying, it's, it's the best. It's the best feeling, as you know, as a comic man, when you get up here. I'm, I'm out, but I'm always, like, hella nervous like that. Really? Walk. Yeah. That walk, <laughs> that walk to the stage is is like okay, I right. you know it's just kind of zoning in, and I'm good after I get the first laugh. Once I get the first laugh, then I kind of just like all right, let's go. I mean, they they can hear me. They, they I'm resonating with the crowd a little bit, and then it gives me confidence to even you know the crowd work or anything like that. Once I get that first laugh, I'm comfortable. And that's when you feel like you finally that's your room, that's your audience. Yeah, when I when I get it cuz it's been you know times when you get up here and it, you know especially if you're trying new stuff, it's it's not if it's not hidden. Yeah. Like, dang, like, let me pull something out the bag real quick <laughs> and get my confidence up and then I can you know maybe get better at trying to, to do stuff, but yeah, once I get that first one then it's on and pop. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So 
who were your comedic influences? What was the first person you saw do comedy? Oh, man. Believe it or not, Johnny Carson. Yeah? Johnny Carson. When I was a kid, I used to watch the Johnny Carson show, Night Court, just like a lot of sitcoms. <laughs> I'm telling my age right now. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Hill. No. <laughs> But Johnny Carson, I used to love watching Johnny Carson, and it seemed so off the cuff, you know, the Swami and all that stuff. So I was like, man, that'd be, that's, that seems like a cool job mm-hmm. just to make folks laugh. So I was like, okay, you know, and my, and I was young. I was, I probably was a freshman in high school when, um, if I think about it, and never pursued comedy and nothing like that until I came to Texas later on. So, yeah. well, how old were you when you decided to do comedy? <laughs> my daughter was. My daughter's 25, so probably about 20, I'm 48, about, about 25, yeah. 26, something like that. It was 25 plus 15. That's a good age to start, though, because, yeah. uh, you know, you're not too old. Like, I am I was 36 when I started, you know what I mean? I'm in that weird phase where I'm like, I'm a little bit too old. When you're 25, you're still experiencing life for the first time. It's true, so, true. So that's a great age. Well, I, I write. My, my jokes come from life, so I think starting at 36 probably would have been better for me because I would have <laughs> lived a little bit more, you know, but up until that point is what I usually, you know, what I usually try to dabble in is when I, my material comes from, you know, what I experience. And of course, you know, what we see if comics were observance. But I usually like to write the truth in my in my life and try to make it funny. Right. Yeah. So what was it like that first time you stepped on stage? Did oh, you have dude. to get drunk beforehand or were you sober or um, were you afraid? I was nervous. I wasn't. I didn't get drunk. I was doing poetry. So you mentioned I had to do some poetry yes. stuff. I was doing poetry. I was a, I was a bad forward i was you know doing my thing and they used to always let me go towards the end you know to make sure that the show a lot of the stronger poets they leave for the end to make sure people stay and hear their favorite poets so i was in that rotation of going towards the end one night i was like i'm gonna do some comedy so the host i reached out to him and said well when i got there i said hey man i want to go go last so i can do some jokes i was like all right because all my not all but most of my poems i would have funny anecdotes and stuff in mm-hmm. it so they was known i was known to be something silly you know somewhat silly on stage and i did like seven minutes of comedy on stage, which was long. Yeah. I, wrote, I think I wrote maybe, I, I probably had about three to five minutes, and I ended up doing about seven minutes, and I was like, yo, this is it. <laughs> Thank you, poetry. It's been nice. But that response that I got to telling the jokes, and it, it was a little easy because they knew me, but it still went well as far as, I mean, they never known me to do comedy, so... It really built my confidence up to try to, to try to get in the comedy scene here in Dallas. So where was that first place you did it? This is this is in Arlington at um, a club off of Three Sixty. Uh, I can't think of the name of I it either. Just blown my mind right now. But if it comes to me, I, I blurt it out. But okay. yeah, it was, off, it was in Arlington. Yeah, off of, off of Three Sixty, and it was more. It was an open mic poetry night, but. They let me, you know, do a little comedy, man. It was almost from there. Was it like a shooting star from that point? You just comedy, open mic, open mic, open mic? Or um, did you... I still did poetry. I still did poetry. It was crazy. So I tried to get into, into the comedy scene. I knew a lot of the comics that was coming up or that was, you know, that was popping at the time. Some of the shows would have poetry and comedy. So I would, you know, be some be on some of those shows. So that's how I got to know a lot of them guys. And so I started going to the shows and like, oh, I'm doing comedy. And <laughs> they was like, all right, coming next to the stage is Poet Q. Like, dude, I told you I'm doing, <laughs> doing comedy tonight, man. Why y'all hating on me, man? So, But in hindsight, it made me respect the craft because I was just coming up saying I'm a comedian. And the comments was like, nah, you got to kind of put your work in. So we're going to still identify you as a poet until you put your, you know, yeah. get your time in. So they kind of it was like on my butt about before they would call me a comedian because they knew me as a poet for so long. But it probably took about a year before I got 
some of the guys respect, the ladies respect about being a comic. And I was like, all right, Q, you serious about it? Come on. Yeah. You're Comedian Q now. So so Comedian Q, and mm-hmm. the, your, your name, you said everyone called you Quincy. They right? would call me Quincy. It's Quentin. <laughs> Quentin. My <laughs> government name is Quentin. And I would say, what, they would say, what's your name? I say, my name is Quentin. Hey, Quincy. I'm like, just, just, call, me, just call me Q because you're going to, you know, you're going to butcher my name. It's so easy. but It works so well, though. Like Comedian <clears throat> Q, you know, it just has that sound. It off the tongue. Yeah. yeah it's it rolls great. Off the tongue. It's yeah. great. So what was the first time you headlined like? Oh, man. I headlined probably way before I should have. Yeah? <laughs> Hell yeah. But I got a call from a buddy. I, I was somewhere in Dallas, and it, and it was when I first headlined, it was out of town. It was um, at the Funny Bone in Shreveport. They used to have a Funny Bone out there right on the boardwalk. And a buddy of mine, um, Special K, called me and said, hey, Q, man, um, somebody canceled or whatever. I told him about you. And I probably had about a good 25 minutes, good 25 minutes, but this is an hour set. He said, Q, man, all you got to do is go up there, do your crowd work, put your jokes in, and you'll be all right. I'm like, dude, an hour? <laughs> and it was the next day. It was the very next day, and it paid more than I ever got paid. It's a weekend. Like A club's going to see me. So I called my job and said, hey, I'm not going to be at work the next day. I made up some. I'm sick or whatever. And drove to Shreveport. And <laughs> and and I remember. <laughs> I'm a spectator. That was awesome. Sorry. So you drove to Shreveport. I just, I just drove to Shreveport. And they gave me a room and everything. And I just remember recording my set and listening to it all the way there. And just trying to memorize it. Because oh, I was like, genius. I never stood yeah. on stage that long without looking at a piece of paper. So I just memorized my set. All the way there, and 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 did I did pretty good? I did pretty good. I did. I, I was able to come back, so I guess I did good enough. But and you did an hour. I did an hour. I did wow. like an hour and some change the first time. Wow. And I don't know. I don't know if it was. Well, of course it was a lot of. It had to be a lot of crowd work, or maybe some jokes I had written down and some premises. They weren't even jokes yet. It was just premises, and it hit and it, it carried me through the show. Had a good feature. I think it's when I met uh, comedian Hot Topic when I went down. Oh, there Hot Topic's that. the best. Yeah, when I met Hot Topic down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and did a whole a whole weekend down there, dude. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you did Thursday through Sunday? I did a, it might have been a Friday through Sunday. Well, I don't know still. if it was a Thursday. Because I probably would have got fired if I took that many days off. I think it was, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a, thir- a Friday, two, uh, two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, one on Sunday. Wow. Something like that. And how many years in were you? Less than two years. Oh, wow. Easily less than two years. So yeah, yeah, impressive. Yeah. Easy less than two years. So. I don't know how I got to that. But it, it gave me so much confidence, dude. I was like, oh, man, this is. I really want to do this. And I really want to, like, full-time. I think it probably hit me. Like, okay, you could probably do this full-time if you can pull that off. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So when did you kind of go into the production aspect of it, putting on shows and stuff like that? Shortly after, you know, leaving, you know, transitioning from poetry to comedy, I would, you know, was trying to get on shows. And it's got a little, I just got frustrated. And I probably was moving faster than I thought I should. But I was like, okay, I need to be on some shows. Ain't nobody putting, put me on no shows. But I was known for promoting my poetry so i'm like well let me just go get a room and promote a comedy show right so I, that's what i did i just took you know the same grind i did with poetry and was like okay hey i'm trying trying some comedy tonight that shall come out and i got a room probably hold about 50 to 75 people and stay consistent on that and just filled and built up and that's when i started this comedy series called uh the we got next comedy series and i was like okay i'm gonna do my own series and I know other comics that have the same frustrations. Like, I can't get on stage. I can't get, you know, in front of a good audience. So I was able to build my audience up before I really had, you know, a good solid hour, two hours of comedy yet. Wow. But I was, at the same time, helping me, I was helping up, uh, helping out other comics as well. Yeah, yeah. So I know uh, Alfred on the A to Z podcast mm-hmm. was talking about that, how you got him on the show. 
yeah. as like a host and then a feature and then headlining. When he was talking about it, I was like so impressed because it does take a lot of work to put on a production. Yeah, no doubt. And so I knew that that's something that you kind of did. I have a promotion company where I, I produce events here in Dallas okay. as well. So outside of comedy, we produce poetry events still. We got an event called Finger Snaps and Laugh Tracks where I still combine comedy and poetry. So poets, comic going back to back. Real fun. The poets normally do some funny stuff as well. So it's like really like a comedy show with poetry in it. Oh, that's awesome. I have a company called Quality Events Dallas. So we do events in the colony. This thing called Neo Soul Sundays where we book bands and DJs and just little grown folks hanging out, kind of party stuff. And it's thousands of people that show up, right? Oh, for that Sunday event, yeah, we average about 1,200 people. Oh, my during God. During the summer, about 1,200 a week, yeah. Wow. During the summer, yeah. We probably had about 1,200 this past weekend because it was nice. Wow. So the place is huge. So it's just, that's been a blessing. That's And now that's my side job to comedy, so which is pretty dope. And I still get to get in front of this, a lot of people and, you know, mention all the stuff that I, I do outside of the party stuff, so kind of cross-promote everything. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And you ended up on TV, too. You were yeah, on reality yeah, yeah. TV for a couple a time of reality shows. With you and man. your wife. Yeah. So yeah how cool yeah. was that? Like, what that was, was it like? That was pretty cool, man. Uh, we did we did this one, well, she did, the first one she did um, was called Ladies' Night, and it was her, Salt and Pepper, my wife is Spinderella, Salt and Pepper and Spinderella, and SWV, and which is the singing, R&B singing group. And it was just going through their you know, emotions of, of, of producing the show out in Vegas for them. And SWV was on tour and they was linking up. So it was just a little stuff like that. So I was pretty much a fly on the wall for the most part. <laughs> but then they had some scenes with me and me and her when we was, had a place in Vegas. And just, you know, it was pretty cool. Just I, I'm big big on production. So probably most of the stuff, they probably cut me out because I was doing this. Like, oh, well, <laughs> so, that's how you, so that's how you do that. You rig it up like that. Okay, I'm going to do that. You know, taking notes. But it was cool. And then later on, um, we got a call to do a reality show on the on Oprah Winfrey Network. They're nuts. That's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Goals with like five other couples and stuff like that. Rest in peace to uh, my man Coolio. Coolio was on the show yeah. with his lady, um, Benzino, and the folks familiar with Benzino's um, Source Magazine, football player, my man Bo, and a couple other couples, Sonny and them. So it was pretty, that was a real cool situation. I don't even watch reality shows, yeah. so it's really not my thing. It's be too catty and, and, you know, negative, but it turned out to be really good. And this young lady by the name of Spirits who was a therapist, kind of like worked us through a lot of, uh, you know, relationships stuff and personal stuff so it turned out pretty cool man to be on over with your network in front of millions that's kind of that's, that's kind of a little flex for you yeah <laughs> for absolutely your so that, like i was reading through like all your stuff and i'm just like this guy has done everything it's like it's been an adventure it's, it's been a pretty good run man i i'm blessed dude i can't even i can't complain about anything dude because i've got to do a lot of stuff that i never thought i would do so if it stopped right now i'll be so happy but is it luck that these things happen or hard work or is, <sighs> i always say luck is when hard work and time finally meet it's got to be a combination of, of all of that. Yeah. And then everything, I'm, I'm real spiritual. I'm not necessarily a Christian or anything like that, but I'm very spiritual. I just believe that, you know, when you sow seeds, when you, you know, you be a blessing to others, then, you know, you'll get some some blessings coming back your way. You know, treat people right and, and, and you know, have your good word. And what's for you is for you, dude. I mean, if I manifest I said, I want to be a club owner one day. I just got to manifest that, and it's going to come to me if I do X, Y, and Z. It's just preparation. I and mean, that's I a plan it. of yours, too, yeah, right? It is. It is. I definitely want to own me a club here in the Metroplex one day. But like I said, it's preparation. Now, this whole time I've been doing comedy, all I've been doing is meeting comics. So when it's time, I'll be able to 
book a calendar year with phone calls. Hey, I got a club. I know we met back in the woo woo. Come feature from me. Come headline. Come open. Come host. Phone calls. So those relationships, you know, which I'm building now, is going to lead up to when I ever get my brick and mortar. I get on the phone in two days. I can probably have that place booked. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying six months easy. So I mean, even you could just headline the place. Be fine. <laughs> I could, but that's yeah. what I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna yeah. chill. I'm gonna have to be, you know, watching in the back and running the place, which which is what I'm learning on that side. That side of the game now, but that's why I always be around comedy because I'm like, okay, I feel like going up and telling some jokes. It's my club. Let's go up and yeah, tell some jokes. Absolutely. Like, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then giving giving the room and opportunity to other comics that want to host and produce shows as well. So in the long run, that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be it's gonna be a comedy club, but it's gonna be to where you know you you've got to want to put a show together. Come on out here, you can drop a show or whoever. Look, just continue to bring the fun into another spot here in the local Retroplex. Right. And my mm-hmm. big thing right now is I want to do video production where we actually film shows mm-hmm. and film like. 10 to 20 minute sets for yeah. people, you know what I mean? That's something you could do with Air. Yeah. That would be awesome. Absolutely, yep. yeah. Yep. I've done a couple of those DVDs and stuff back in the day. Like, I produced Alfred stuff, but there's a brother by the name of Cecil Chambers that did a DVD called Cutting It Up Dallas that went into, like, Redbox and Walmart. Oh, it, was, cool. it was pretty dope. And he's, like, a mentor of mine right now, so he's kind of, like, getting me in line to where I do want to produce some, like, some stuff to get on to you know, Amazon Prime or your Tubies or whatever, yeah. Netflix or whatnot. Yeah. All that behind-the-scenes stuff, that's, like, my next move because yeah. I like to production part of it oh yeah, yeah. production so much fun yeah, yeah video editing and just doing all this stuff is it's a dream come true hey everyone it's just stuck jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today if you dig it please head over to our website at improvtx.com where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in addison arlington houston and san antonio and don't forget to follow our social media all links in the description and with that back to the podcast what is your writing style like? How do you come upon your material? And do you write it out longhand or just keep it in your head and work it out? Definitely write it out. As far as getting the material is, uh, like I mentioned before, it's just just experience and stuff. I don't know if you do this, but as, as a comic, if I see something, my mind is always working to find out the funny in it. So if I talk it out as if I'm with my wife, which I'm with most of the time, I'll say something. She's like, ooh, that's funny. You might need to write that down. So that's pretty cool that she's kind of like on board with my comedy thoughts because some of the stuff is probably not funny to the regular person, but she kind of got like, okay, you're thinking comedic wise, so write that down. So I, I just get a premise. I write it down on my phone most of the time. I put it in my phone and then just think on it for a little bit. But I have to, you know, I have to have my phone like on my nightstand because sometimes it comes to me at three o'clock in the morning. And if I don't get up and write it down, I'm not going to remember what the <laughs> hell I was thinking about. So it's it a lot of all that. the time. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I, I got to write this down. Hold on one second. One yeah. second. One second. Get it down and then hopefully I can understand what the hell I was thinking when I wake up in the morning. But That's so cool that yeah. she's supportive and, and yeah, yeah. also power couple almost where yeah, yeah, you're yeah, working yeah. together to like make things better. It, it, it really helps when, you, when your mate gets... You know what you're doing in this entertainment business, man. It could be crazy, like the last minute call coming up to Shreveport, or you got to be up late night waiting last to go into the open mic. Like if your mate not understanding that, then it's probably not gonna work. I think it helps that she's in the entertainment business as well, so that kind of you know makes it a little bit easier because I mean, she gets. She's it. been in the entertainment business for what thirty something. Thirty some years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did she she's win a Grammy. Working. She yeah, she got a couple Grammys. That's insane. Lifetime Grammy and a wow. Grammy with the uh, with the girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so. Couple cool. more, man. Yeah, I go in there and dust off all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my job to go in there and just just clean up all the trophies. <laughs> 
She let me put my little MVP celebrity <laughs> basketball trophy right next to the Grammy. I'm like, you watch it. Did you play basketball? <laughs> no, no, no. I just played a couple celebrity games. Oh. I, I I was little little squirt when I was in high school, so I, I couldn't. Is there a video online of you playing basketball? I think there was. I saw. I it, was, it may be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like I said, I've done a couple of celebrity games, and we've done some uh, charity stuff with basketball, but I never played like organized or anything like that. I was a little older with my friends in Mesquite. We had a couple of leagues we played in, but no, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna give you a good five fouls, five points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go get the Gatorade. Shit. <laughs> so, what's the weirdest thing you ever saw at a comedy show, whether it be on stage or just something that was wild? Weirdest thing. I know. I love this uh. question because it always stumps everyone. <laughs> when, well, all right. So, my man D. Ellis, when I was uh, again about a year or so into the game, he had a room in. Killeen, Texas. And he just grabbed me. He just kind of took me under his wing. He was like, yeah, Kiel, man, I like you. I want you to come and you open for everybody we do. I did it once a month. And I got to open once a month on the road, again, about a year into the game, earlier than I should have. <laughs> and so I go down there and we do a show. So this one show, and if you know for me with D. Ellis, man, this dude is, is, is a nut. And he don't mind talking about nobody. Crowd work wise, I don't think nobody's better in the game in crowd work than this dude right here. And so he's messing with this guy in the crowd, this older gentleman. And we're on this stage in Colleen at this spot called Secrets. And the stage is probably about six feet in the air. Oh, wow. Big stage. You got to walk up about seven, eight steps to get to the stage. And D is laying into this dude in the front row so bad. And it's an elderly guy. This guy has a cane. And he's talking about him so bad. The dude got up and started walking towards the <laughs> stage. <laughs> and he would have got there, but them seven steps was kicking his <laughs> so, he, he got up by halfway. He's like, "Why I oughta?" He's shaking his stick at him, and then went back and sat down. Probably had a defibrillator in the back for him. That dude, old man, couldn't make it up the stairs. But had it been these three steps right here in the improv, he probably got deep. Was he roasting him the whole way up the stairs? Yeah, he, he probably was, yeah. yeah. If I remember right, I'm sure. He's like, man, if you come on up here, yeah. you know, you gonna, something going to get you down. Well, that's <laughs> kind of like that. You're really good at crowd work. Like, I, I try to be, man. Yeah, yeah you, you got to be ready it. to get it off the cuff, you know what I'm saying, because you never know what happened. My thing be, I might get so far into the crowd work, I'm like, okay, where the hell was I in my set? And then somebody's like, he was talking about your baby mom. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So to be able to, you know, bounce back and forth with the crowd, I think is that's something I think the poetry's part has helped me, because in poetry, if you're doing a real nice line, you, you hit them with some somebody honest and be like, rewind. And then you have to go back and because they liked it so much, they want to hear it again. Oh, wow. So you have to throw yourself back into the, you know, get out of character, then go back and it's like, oh, okay, that was dope. So I think that's where some of that comes in with oh, the, with the so back and great. forth with the audience. Yeah. So were you afraid of audience for crowd work whenever you first began? Or was it, you're saying you were pretty much a natural at it? it well, it, 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 it kind of comes down. I think it, it it's just when I'm comfortable. If I'm comfortable up there and, you know, being so observant, I'm already looking at these front, you know, two, three tables deep. What, you know, if somebody messed with me or something like that, I got something for you already. So I'm already loading my pocket when it's in there. Or if it's something obvious where it's a, it's a guy with two nice ladies. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I got to talk to y'all. What y'all doing? Yeah. You got these two ladies. Are you a pimp or something? Woo, woo. That gets everybody <laughs> around them. You just, just observing, just looking at the crowd and just, just kind of, you know, picking this stuff when you can do it in between your set. Especially if you can make it mesh with your set. Like if I have a, a pimp joke. 
I'm gonna start with them and then go into my set to where it seems a little seamless. Oh, that's you so know what I'm cool. saying? I, yeah, yeah. I, I, thank you for the insight yeah, yeah. because I never <laughs> even thought about that being first of all kind of preloaded with stuff, mm-hmm. knowing that you're going to go out there, but mixing it with your set. That's genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It just it just makes it blend, especially if you know if you're going you know as a feature and you have an opener and a host that went up to you, they are already touching on some things. So then you know your mind is already working in the back anyway. So I'll try to add it, like, especially if it's a joke I have. I'll say I'm gonna put that in there. And I'm gonna mess with that person right there and get them. And then, and I don't do this. Like, if you mess with somebody in the crowd, don't do it to put them against you. You do it to where at the end of the show, they like, man, can I buy a shirt? Can I buy a DVD or whatever? You put them on your team. Some comics can get up there and just be like, gross, gross, and gross. just tear them up to where they're not having a good time and they don't want to laugh no more. Now, I'm gonna mess with you so much, you're gonna be like, all right, Q, I gotta come to your next show. What's up? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and there are certain comedians who break the rule and they talk mm-hmm. to the staff. Like, yeah, yeah, lead yeah, the staff lead along. The staff that's, a, that's one of the earliest things you're supposed to know as a comic, man. Lead, that's the staff. They're serving the people coming to watch you lead them along. Lead them along. Yeah, don't yeah. bug them. Don't Absolutely. bug them. Do you ever get starstruck? Hell yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yes, yes, dude. I, um, just recently. <laughs> yeah? Just recently, we, I took my wife to Vegas to see Usher. She's a big Usher fan, so I bought some nice tickets to go see Usher. I saw the pictures online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usher, man, dude. Great show. You didn't get a chance. I'm a Usher fan. I didn't know how big of a fan I was. I knew every song. So it was a dope concert. <laughs> it was amazing. Seven o'clock. Yeah. Oh, my my oh, trust me. I love Usher. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we went to the show and, uh, and her buddy, who's a, who's a DJ for the show, I think he upgraded our tickets, man, because I bought tickets. Like this, you know, we're looking at the stage right here. My tickets was like right over there. <laughs> our tickets end up being right here in the front, like two rows back, dead center. So Usher's doing this thing. Oh, then he was like, yo, come to the after party. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to go to the after party. <laughs> go to the after party, and Usher runs right up to my wife, and they're talking, and I'm talking, and I think DJ D Nice was there, and I'm talking to him. I got a picture with him. Estelle, the singer, he was there and chopping it up. And so her and Usher are talking, and I'm done talking to them, so I was just sitting by myself just waiting. <laughs> Just waiting on my wife to introduce me. And she finally introduced me. I was like, oh, Usher, man, I'm a huge fan, man. It's nice to meet you. He was super cool. I was like, damn, I should have brought my daughter. She would have loved this too. But yeah, that and then Queen Latifah. I had to meet Queen Latifah. And I didn't really get to meet her because she was like to the side. And I was like, babe, I want to meet Queen Latifah. I'm just looking at her. I'm just a big fan of Queen Latifah. And she was busy talking, talking, talking. But I didn't get to meet her. But she was just like right there. And I was just like. Like hi. Like, hi. I'm with her. <laughs> with her. I'm with her. I'm messing up anybody back here. But yeah, that kinda that kinda uh tripped me out. And meeting Kevin Hart, I wasn't starstruck, but he's like one of my favorite comics. Mm-hmm. And to see how cool he was, I was like, damn, hell yeah. If I ever get super big like that, you gotta you know, if you can be personable like that at that level, I think that says a lot about you as a person. So I thought that was pretty cool. What advice would you have for up-and-coming comedians like myself, people who are just getting started? Get on stage. Like they told me, say, Q, man, if you want to do this, man, just keep getting on stage and, and writing, of course. I ran to people to say they don't write, they just freestyle. I think that's amazing if you can do that and be successful at it, but I personally have to write. So I would say write and then jump on stage as much as you can. I say this all the time. I don't know how many comics do it, but poetry rooms that have open mics are some of the best crowds to go work because they come and listen they're not a heckling crowd they'll sit there and tell us i hear your jokes and hear your premises and listen and then they'll laugh because everybody loves to laugh but if you sometimes you go to open mics people are talking and it's, it's nothing but a bunch of comics on the list and not too many people in the crowd i don't like those type of rooms so i try to go find me like a, a nice open mic mixed with music comedy poetry so it's and an experience it almost yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you get, right you can you can enjoy the show as well like i've been to some open mics where all the comics are outside smoking squares and waiting till they get on stage and you have nobody to work out in front right. in front of but comics 
if they're in there. I like working out in front of real audiences, so that would be my experience. That's what I would would say. Go jump out on some open mics, and of course, just write. Just keep writing, because you can't do nothing but get better. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. that, because can't do get better. You, that's the one thing that's a bummer about open mics, is there's no audience. Right. Yeah, right, so right. I, I so love that. Working, yeah, something, something to bounce off of, and I, and I think once you get to a point where you can start hosting, host as much as you can, because hosting works on your crowd. You get to work on your crowd work, and you get to work on your bits at the same time. So if you typically they give you if you host and give you seven minutes, well you can do five minutes of, of new material every time you host, and then some crowd work. Like it, it's just, it just it made me stronger. Like when I started my series, we got next hosting. I was, I was writing out trying stuff every month. Every month I probably had a twelve minutes of new stuff that I was gonna try out, and it and it worked for the most part because they was used to me trying out stuff or used to me being there at least. And I got to do my crowd work as well. That's how I got stronger hosting. So, yeah. you travel internationally? A little go, bit, yeah. Yeah, do you go a little bit across the, you know? Well, right before COVID, we was doing cruises like three times a year. Oh, I had wow. uh, My wife took me on a cruise once. It was her and Keith Sweat was the headliners on a cruise, and they had an open mic on the boat. And I was like, yo, I'm getting on this open mic. <laughs> got an open mic, killed it. You know, it was a bunch of, a lot, a lot of folks that was on the mic, open mic was just, you know, people. I was the only professional comic. What I did know is that it was a contest. And the contest was if you win, you get a free cruise. What? Yeah, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I just went up there and just trying to make these folks laugh. They never seen me before. So I'm going to go kill it. So I did like a 15 minute set, went well. And they was like, okay, is, you know, who the winner? And then they was like, no, because they was like, you know, he's cute, he's a comedian. That's been a better boyfriend or whatever. Woo. They was like, no, he's a professional. He can't be in it. So the dude ended up, <laughs> I was like, I ain't know it was a contest. So dude ended up giving away two cruises. He gave me one for winning, and then whoever came in second, he gave her. She was a singer. She sang something, did good. And so gave us both a cruise. The next cruise, I was like, dude, you ever think about, you know, putting like a real comedy show together? Because I know a lot of comics. And we had a handshake situation. Like, I bet the very next cruise, I got to bring three comics. And we had a whole comedy show on the boat, and oh, it was wow. awesome. We got so I've I've been able to do for five years. So I did about fifteen cruises, one, two, three, three times five. Yeah, yeah, fifteen cruises in like five years. Wow! Until COVID came, so we're going back on our next cruise, and we've been all over. Been a, of course the Bahamas, uh, St. Thomas, St. Martin, um, Cuba. Got to go to Cuba. Haiti, all kind of places, man, and tell jokes on these boats, man, on these ships. And so we're doing our next one in February. I'm taking like Shedgy, Mario Torrey, and this guy named Tez Brooks out of uh, Florida. Yeah, I only know Shed, but Shed is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's why we were just playing golf together. Yeah, yeah he's amazing. He's so good. I can't. He's wait done to a lot of stuff. Oh, dude, that's yeah. gonna be a hell of an interview. Yeah. That brother has done a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Real. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you want to be? Next five years, I definitely want to be a venue owner. I want to have my own uh, comedy club. Hopefully, right before that, in the next two to three years, I would like to be able to at least be featuring for someone on the road. It's something I've never done is hit the road like hard and featured in different clubs, just to get into the more you know, get into more clubs and. and learn that part of the business as well as far as being a feature so that too but by the end of by the end of year five i, I definitely want to be a venue owner an up and running venue owner yeah here in the dfw like you said yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, know, I know we got a lot of clubs here but i, I found a spot where we need one <laughs> I bring more in like here's my thing like right now the open mic scene in dfw is amazing mm-hmm. yeah there's so many small venues bars places like that whether it be here whether it be competition who cares mm-hmm. like the more the merrier yeah this mm-hmm. is a great market for comedy man comics be hitting us up so I'm moving to Dallas. Let's watch. Man, y'all got about five comedy clubs. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, we had at one point like seven, I think. Uh, it's it a really, good comedy scene out here. Dude. It really is. 
really is. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where if you want to work out your material, you have plenty of opportunities. You got opportunities. You got no excuses for Absolutely. real. Man, I just noted on uh, Sunday, January 22nd, I'll be at the Addison Improv telling jokes with some of my some of my good friends, man. I got Ping Dang on the show, man. Last year I met Ping Dang. I met well, I've been to Ralph, but Ping, Ralph Barbosa, and Trey Mack were my favorite comics last year. Mm-hmm. Like every time I saw them guys, they they were hilarious, professional. I was like, I got to work with them guys a little bit more. So I got reached out to Ping. He said he's down. I got a buddy of mine that does shows out in uh, Newport News um, named Derek Brooks. He has his own room out there, so I'm gonna bring him here. He's never been on the improv stage out here, so he's like, all right, I'm coming. And then Crystal Powell, who's amazing um, young lady out in L.A. We've done a couple shows. She's been on a, a cruise with me as well on NBC. She has like a, a hell of a track record and, and resume. She'll be headlining that show, man. So January 22nd at the Addison Improv, 7 p.m. Right? 7 p.m. That's 7 right. Q yeah. and Friends, I think is what it's called. But I'm a host line it, so I'm. I'm going to go up and host and do about 25 minutes, and then I'm going to bring up the guys and the girls uh, to close it out. And I so guarantee it's going to be an amazing show. Oh, it's going like, to be dope. Like, your ener- like, go watch some of Q's videos online. Like, you will be blown away just by <laughs> stage presence, energy. The comedy is hilarious. Like, down the line, like, I honestly think you're one of the best comedians in DFW. Oh, man. Down. Thank you, dude. So, I appreciate that. And to know that you're going international and, like, getting – because I know you travel quite a bit, don't you? I do. I try to get out of town as much as possible. As yeah. much as possible. When I when I started doing this full-time, I told myself I'll, you know, save up some bread. And sometimes I just try to go find a cheap flight. And I got a hotel's connection or whatever, a cheap room, and just go do an open mic in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Or down in Houston or whatever, just to get out. But it took me a long time, 15 years, to be able to put myself in a position to do that. But if they're not calling me, I'm going to go to them. So yeah. I did that for the last couple of years. So I think I'm going to do a little bit this year. But right now, you know, my, my lady, she be producing a... um comedy series for her called Spinderella Comedy Jam. So by being able to produce that, whenever it gets picked up, then I get to get on that as well. So so what is that show going to be? She was touring with Shaq All-Star Tour, so she loves comedy. When we met, she was she had just finished that. And then she started DJing for, for me when I for my birthday, and we've been cool ever since. But Spinderella Comedy Jam is her picking some of her favorite comics, local or, you know, the bigger names. And then she does a, a DJ set. As well, so it's like a comedy show and an after party type of thing. So once the comedy show's over, we got another hour with her just spinning on the DJ on the, on the tables, entertaining before you know folks head to the house. So where's that going to be on? Um, we've done it at TKs a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's just something that we book. You know, we we just put our EPK out and and fillers out and her agent and stuff like that pushes it. So we're we're looking to do it maybe in um, New York soon, Chicago. I would love to see you take soon. that on tour. That yeah, would yeah, be that's 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 the plan. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan just to get it get it. Going so we just left Albuquerque, New Mexico, and met somebody that might want to bring it back down there. So we work uh-huh. yeah, we're constantly working trying to get rooms. So anybody listening that wants to book Spinderella Comedy Jam, holla at your boy. Well, Q, I really appreciate you being on the show, today. man. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot, dude. This is dope. Thank you. And for everyone out there listening, please support local comedy in any yes, way, yes. shape, or form that you can. With that said, we'll see you in the next one. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to improvtx.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the Improv TX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade Podcast. Straight from the arcade, we 
talk about how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.